thirsty? You've come to the right place to wet your whistle. It's the Liquid Lifestyle with Ryan McGarrian, a full hour of liquid refreshment. Now, here's Ryan. And a very happy Saturday to you, my thirsty listener. It is, uh, man, we're just, uh, we're cruising into fall, aren't we? Uh, starting to see those leaves turn. This is the best place on earth uh, to enjoy this season, I think. Uh, but once again, as you know by the sound of my voice, you are riding the earth with us here at the Liquid Lifestyle on the Radio Northwest Network. And, uh, of course, if this is your first shift with us, I am your host and on-air bartender, Ryan McGarrian, and uh, this broadcast, of course, is dedicated to all things liquid and delicious, with a particular emphasis on what we call potent potables, which are spirits, uh, cocktails, beers, wines, again, sometimes forays into coffee and tea, and uh, we love to talk to all the, the fine folks behind them and talk about all the joints that serve them up, be, right, be, uh, be them right here. Uh, in the the city of roses, hops and hipsters are parts far, far beyond. And uh, so today finds me back in P-Town. I've been on the road for about three weeks uh, out in Australia. Uh, we uh, we talked with Tony Canigliaro last week. That was an epic conversation. So much fun chatting with the old boy. And, uh, and I, I tell you what, there's nothing like getting back again to the city, especially this time of year. So, uh, so today we've got uh, a good friend of mine here uh, in studio, actually in studio today means we're actually sitting at the bar uh, at Oven and Shaker down here in the Pearl District. And uh, if you haven't been down here, I, I'm going to give myself a little prop. Uh, I hope you might uh, make the journey down and enjoy some pizza and cocktails with us at some point. But uh, we're going to sit here and uh, chat with uh, Luke Plant. Uh, and Luke is one of the city's top bartenders. Um, he's actually got a really interesting background because he started as a chef. And I tell you what, I mean, few people make better craft bartenders than people who have started out with a culinary background. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, today, the thing we want to focus on more than anything else is this really exciting new brand that he has started up with his buddy Daniel Osborne, another top bartender here in town who's worked at the Teardrop Lounge and Expatriate over on the east side with uh, uh, Kyle Webster and Naomi Pomeroy. And uh, these guys have created this exciting new platform to create exceptional bar gear. Uh, and if you know any craft bartenders, you know what kind of gearheads we are. So uh, I think they're in the right spot. So, Luke, how you doing this morning, man? Or this afternoon, I should say. Yeah, doing good. Just trying to shake off last night, last night's shift. And, uh, yeah, feeling good. Ready right. for today. Awesome, man. So you said last night's shift. So uh, where, are you, where are you tending at right now? I am at the green room at the Multnomah Whiskey Library, finishing up my last few shifts there on a very positive, happy note. Love them, love the establishment, but I'm moving on to pursue Bull in China full time to make the company everything it can be and hopefully will be. Dude, that's fantastic to hear. It's just been so cool over the past specifically five years to see bartenders moving, you know, expanding what they're capable of doing in the business sphere. I mean, we've seen bartenders create spirits, open restaurants, become brand ambassadors. Uh, but I love like what you're doing, you know, I mean, to go out and start your own company uh, in, in a real strong niche. I mean, that's a that's a big risk, but I think there's a big reward there. So uh, tell me, uh, let's just start. What the heck is this bull in China outfit you got going on? <laughs> um Well, it really stemmed from Daniel and myself, Daniel Osborne, being behind the bar one night and uh, mixing glass broke, and I think it was one of several that that month that broke, and uh, we just kind of 
Well, to, really to start it off, we both were collecting a lot of vintage stemware, a lot of glasswares, you know, a lot of bartenders. do. We all do that. We have our private collections, and private collections tend to get really, really large after a while. And you, you know, if you could make a dime off them, you're not going to use all those glasses all the time. So why the heck not? So, and after that, necessity being the mother of invention, we just looked at each other and it was, you know, kind of hit like a ton of bricks. We're like, we're in Portland, Oregon, the land of, of artisans who make beautiful products really for anything you could want in life. So I was like, why, why do these products have to come from, you know, not saying they're, they're bad products. A lot of them are really beautiful, but overseas. And then, you know, you got a lot of a lot of knockoffs and stuff that are coming from way far out there that it just aren't quality. We're like, let's see if we could uh, pull something off here. Let's see if we can get something made for ourselves. So the first thing we did was the mixing glass. And we and real quick, Luke, yeah. uh, where does the name, I mean, you know, I know what a bull in a china shop is in my mind, but to why, the, why the name bull in china? Is that just because you and Daniel are forces of nature, or what's the deal, man? <laughs> uh, like, in hindsight, that was part of it, but it's... Um, it's what my mother used to call me when I was a kid. Uh, I grew and probably up. still calls you to this day. <laughs> yeah. I grew up skateboarding and, you know, being a young child, uh, you know, I would rely on my parents to buy me a skateboard in the summertime, you know, a new deck. And I would, I would always break them trying something else. And my mom would always call me that. She's like, you're always breaking things. You're breaking your skateboards. You're a bull in a china shop. Dude. So, I mean, old school, man. What kind of decks were your favorite back in the day? Oh, my first one was the Lance, the uh, Pal Peralta Lance Mountain with the people running on the bottom. After that, it was the Mike McGill with the uh, snake coming out of the skull. Dude, those old Pal Peralta decks uh, uh, were sick, man. You probably had the indie trucks and everything, man. You uh, pro- that's, that's all I've ever skated. I have an independent tattoo on my elbow. They're my trucks of choice. <laughs> Dude, we're getting It's so funny. I, it's easy to get off track here when you have fun people on your show. Once again, we're with Luke Plant. We're chatting about Bull in China. So uh, getting back on track, man, let's, uh, let's talk about those mixing glasses, which I think you said was kind of the first thing that you guys focused on with regards to all the gear you're sorting out over at Bull in China. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, you know, we just started trying, we, we just started searching out um, a reputable glass studio, first and foremost, a glass studio that was willing to take on the project. Um, it, it just started off as something small for Daniel and myself, just to have our own kind of in our bar kits, you know, beautiful handmade mixing glasses that are durable as all get out as well as functional. And yeah, after several several tries getting turned down, we found a glass studio, worked a little bit for R&D, and that one didn't really pan out so much. And then we landed with Elements Glass in northwest Portland. And they are an amazing team, and they have helped us develop this product and turn it into what it is now. It's hand-blown soda-lime glass. It's completely... Uh, completely seamless. Each one is handmade, goes through about six to eight sets of hands and eyes before it hits us. And then, you know, there are little idiosyncrasies in them because they are handmade, which makes them beautiful. Um, And they are something that, you know, showcases on top of a bar and it just looks beautiful as well as it is functional. And you can put them in the dishwasher when you're done. Oh, dude, that's (laughs) sweet, man. And I know you and I both agree how important. I mean, bar tools do several things. I mean, first and foremost, this is the cooking device of the the barman and bar woman. But at the same time, I mean, I talk a lot. I know you, you, you espouse the same thing is how important the aesthetic is when somebody walks into a bar. I mean, you know, when somebody walks in the bar and they see an organized bar with faced bottles, with, with lined up classy bitter bottle bitters, bitters dashers and, and these little glass, you know, the right glass where man, it really it says to the guest, you're gonna get a dope 
ass cocktail at this place. So yes, it does. I think that's uh, that's really important. So uh, you know, where did you? I mean, how many? Uh, how big? What, what's the size of these uh, mixing glasses? Uh, right now, each one holds about uh, about 500 milliliters full uh, liquid. Uh, they're really amazing with you know our, uh, with cold draft cubes. Uh, two glass, uh, two cocktail builds in each glass is completely accessible. We like to keep them about 5.5 inches tall. Um, standard size, nothing a little bit too large, but we do have the capability to make them larger if somebody wants them. Um, yeah, they're pretty much that universal size all the way around, so they accommodate all julep strainers, all Hawthorne strainers. Uh, just something that's universal, not for one specific co-product, like a strain or something like that. Something that really just can be used with everything. So, say you're a bartender and you've got cold draft cubes and you just busted out a double stirred dr- I mean, you made two stirred drinks at once. What's, what do you, how many seconds are you stirring that? Just, just to give me an idea if I, if I pick up a few of those bad boys, for instance. Well, you know, that'll depend on the spirits you're using. That'll depend on the dilution you're looking for. That'll really also depend how long... Yeah, how long your ice has been sitting. Yeah. Um, optimal will probably go for, I would say, about 15 seconds. Okay. Get a good dilution, get a good chill on there, just get a, you know, a good straw test, and then straighten the glass into some happy hands. <laughs> happy hands, and they're going to be happy <laughs> hands once they get a stirred drink from Luke Plant of Bull in China. Once again, uh, we're having this conversation with the gentleman who, again, started cooking, moved into the bartending field, and now has... Uh, really attacked a new uh, a new venture this uh, this bull in China uh, outfit where they are uh, making really exciting uh, gear you know world class uh, mixing glasses and in our next segment we're going to talk about some of the other exciting uh, manifestations of, of bar equipment that they've got going on so uh, I hope you're having a chill Saturday and uh, we'll be right back with you in just a moment. And welcome back to the Liquid Lifestyle here on the Radio Northwest Network. Once again, this is Ryan McGarren, your on-air bartender. And we're sitting here uh, at Oven & Shaker having a conversation with uh, Luke Plant, the proprietor of Bull in China, one of the city's top bartenders, former chef, or I guess always a chef, once a chef, always a chef. And uh, and we're talking about this exciting new venture. Uh, I think it's going to become one of the, perhaps one of the top uh, purveyors of uh, fine bar tools, perhaps uh, in the country, maybe uh, hopefully even in the world one day. Luke uh, is partnered with uh, another bartender in town, Daniel Osborne, along with uh, the lovely Katie Burnett. And, uh, you know, we were talking in the last segment about those sexy mixing glasses, but you've got so many other tools in the works coming down the pipe. So let's just keep moving on. I know that one of the things us bartenders struggle finding is the right bitters dashers, not only the bottles themselves, but the dasher tops. Uh, and I know that's something that's, uh, that you've been working on that's quite close to your heart. Tell me about the, the dasher situation uh, you guys have got, that you guys are working on. Well, we started off trying to just wholesale them, uh, just to make them accessible to uh, a lot of people, and which they are through several other companies as well, but they're kind of sometimes uh, out of stock, a pain to get. So just kind of worked with uh, one of our metal workers at CNL Tooling here in Portland, and we just had the idea and brainstormed and shot a couple things around and lo and behold, a prototype came out. Um, just a lifelong one, you know, you get uh, one of the big things that's a very large pain in the butt is consistency with your dashers. Um, 
you know, you can call for three dashes of Angostura in your old fashioned, but who's to say what those three dashes are? Every dasher top, brand new to three months used, is always going to be give you different different levels. It's going to give you different measurements of bitters in your cocktail, which is going to totally throw your consistency off. Uh, lo and behold, we came out with one that has the exact number of dashes per measurement every single time, regardless of weight in the, regardless of weight of the bottle, regardless of liquid amount or liquid volume in the bottle, it will always give you that same exact dash. Uh, they're also lifelong. Dude, that's magical, man. Because I tell you what, uh, what, what we've been using for, or what I've been using for many, many years. I mean, I love them. 310 ML from WMF over in Deutschland or Germany for people who don't speak German. Uh, uh, I have to get the amount uh, of liquid in the bottles kind of in a small range to get the exact dash that I want. So, the, so I get the right weight pushing through the spout to give me this good long dash that all my recipes are spec for. So you're telling me that what you're doing is going to allow me to just kind of not have to worry about that so much. I'm going to get consistency across the board. Yeah, you always hear bartenders talk about filling their bitters bottles up to the shoulder to keep that perfect amount, um, keep, to keep that exact dash going across. But nobody really has ever said, why not wait the dasher top? So waiting the dasher top and a couple other small little things that we have going on with these dasher tops alleviate all of that down to, uh, you know, you could have two ounces of bitters left in your bottle. You will still get the same dash as you would if it was full to the shoulder. And they're also universal. Uh, the cork dasher tops, they taper in to accommodate most bottles. Ours do as well, but they're not cork. Food-grade stainless steel. Uh, several other things, lifelong guarantee. They're, yeah, they're my baby right now. I love them. Dude, you live and breathe that, don't you, man? <laughs> I, 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 you know, we were, we were playing with them yesterday, man. I mean, I just, they're just sweet to look at, man. I could just sit there and just, like, roll them around the bar top, and uh, I don't think there's going to be a bar in Portland and hopefully not beyond without, without some of those. So the actual bitters bottles themselves, I know that's been something that, I mean, it's challenging to find somebody to kind of precisely create those things. But you say that's in the works as well. That is right now. Uh, due to... Due to all of our companies uh, that we're working with, our artisans, um, it's the word I'm looking for. Uh, basically, yeah, it would be artisan. They're, they're all within a five-mile radius of us. So we have what a lot of other companies don't. We have a very hands-on approach to research and development, quality control, all of those things. So what we're doing now is we're in the glass studio with our team over at Elements Glass in Portland and designing our perfect bitters bottle to fit our dasher top which will be replicated and will be in production as soon as we're sure it's a quality product and we have all of the little niches worked out and get those in everybody's hands with the dasher tops so as soon as that happens they're going to be on the website everywhere else Dude, that's fantastic, man. And, you know, that's really cool. I mean, just I hadn't thought about that. I mean, I knew you were using a lot of local artisans, but the fact that, you know, pretty much everything that you are pushing out is coming from, like, you know, within five miles of, of right here in downtown Portland. I mean, that's there's very few businesses who are getting their products uh, that 
tight into their own community. So uh, good on you, man, as they say uh, back in Australia. Uh, that's fantastic, man. So I know you got more gear, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, as, as a lot of people who visit, you know, fine cocktail bars know, you know, the ice is uh, kind of, it's like the stove uh, of, it's really the cooking element of our industry because, you know, the ice uh, obviously affects temperature, but it also affects dilution. And it's been really cool to see so many bars really pay special attention to their ice cultures, I would call them. And you're seeing, you hear the word cold draft a lot. And for a lot of people who, uh, well, probably most of you out there don't know what that means. It's actually an ice machine that uh, has been around since the 50s uh, that's built in Erie, Pennsylvania. They make these beautiful one and a quarter inch uh, in diameter all the way around every side uh, ice cubes big, thick, and pure that allow for a great hard shake. Uh, You get it ice cold without over-diluting a drink. Um, But I tell you what, one of the things you don't always see is great crushed ice or great mist ice. And uh, you guys are working on a uh, a classic system, uh, a Mallet and Lewis bag system that uh, bars since, you know, the uh, since the 19th century have been using to create the the smaller ice. And and for the, you know, again, for those who haven't experienced the different kinds of ice, when when your ice is crushed, you've got a whole bunch more surface area. uh, And that surface area allows for a deeper chill and a little more dilution. So classically, you see drinks like juleps and cobblers that were quite strong. They would benefit from uh, from all that surface area and that dilution. So, so tell me about this Lewis bag and the mallet that goes with it that you've been working on. Uh, yet again, one of our main principles is we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We're just trying to make that wheel stronger. So we have our Lewis bags, which are they look like your typical Lewis bag until you get it in in your hands. It's it's a really um, a really nice thick canvas, quadruple reinforced. Uh, they're a lot larger in size, which means they can be folded multiple times to accommodate different levels of ice. And our mallet that goes with them, these are both made by uh, Nam Jam Custom and Workshop Vintage here in Portland. Luke, I got to jump in real quick. We are just blasting through this show. We're coming up to the end of our second segment, and we will continue about uh, talking about the Lewis bag here in a moment. Once again, you are listening to The Liquid Lifestyle. Welcome back to the Liquid Lifestyle. Hope you're enjoying this fine P-Town Saturday afternoon. Once again, we are chatting with Luke Plant, the proprietor of Bull in China, along with his partners Daniel Osborne and Katie Burnett, who are not with us today. I know Daniel has had a, had a big birthday last night, so he's hopefully uh, eyes shut tuned out enjoying uh enjoying bed and uh, i know katie she's a busy gal she's running around the city but uh just to kind of reset last segment we were talking about the importance of ice and one of the uh, critical kinds of ice once again in our industry is small format crushed ice and uh you know you were talking about this lewis bag uh let's reset that man so uh the lewis bag you're making you said uh, and once again a lewis bag you throw ice in this bad boy you take a mallet, you are able to crush it up nice and fine. What what makes your Lewis bag unique? You were talking about that last segment. It is extremely durable. 
Uh, there is no dyed canvas in it whatsoever, so you have no color leaching out, which is going to affect the aesthetics of it. It's just an all-around beautiful bag. It's slightly larger than the, re uh, the rest of the Lewis bags you see out there to accommodate more ice, to fold over more times to accommodate less ice. And that we paired up with our mallets, which are made by Nam Jam Custom here in Portland, Oregon as well. The mallet design is actually, yet again, it's one of those things bartenders will have their ice mallets and they'll keep them under the bar. They'll keep them in a, uh, in a, um, a cabinet somewhere where you won't really see them. We decided that we wanted a mallet that we want to showcase on every back bar. So we took, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we took an 18th century log cabin design for the mallets that were used to drive the wooden dowels into logs and we converted that into an ice crushing mallet bird's eye maple black walnut brass dowels they are gorgeous uh, dude brass dowels man never even heard that term before i love the way you talk about that i mean you have such command of everything that's happening with your product which gives me and i'm sure it's going to give bartenders around town and our listeners just total confidence in what you guys are doing but uh dude let's get back to that mallet man yeah, 18 ounces, each one across the board. Um, they, Like I said, they are designed to build log cabins, so crushing ice for them is no problem whatsoever. Um, and they're just gorgeous. Uh, we have the capability to customize them. We can hot brand them. We can do so many other things to co-brand them with whatever company really searches out for them. Okay, so I'll, let me ask you this. So say, you know, somebody wants to order a whole gang of uh, mixing glasses and gear from Bull in China. You talk about, are they able, are you able to kind of like help them like, like uh, create, put like brand them to their own bar and stuff like that? Is that something that you're able to do now or maybe in the future? That definitely is. Um, you know, it, larger, larger, larger scale production would be easier for the larger companies, but basically uh, even down to one bar, if they want a custom mixing glass, certain colors, they want a hot stamp, which is, we call it a hot stamp. It's a brass stamp, which is melted into the base, the lower side, side by the base of the mixing glass with their logo. Um, we could really customize anything for any company. Dude, that's fantastic, man. I just, uh, I know you're going to crush this thing, man. So, uh, Anything else, now the, it was the Lewis bag, the dashers, the mixing glass, anything else? Oh, metalware, man. You were talking about just, you know, your standard standard metal gear such as, oh, that was a sweet video game back in the day. Again, I get off track sometimes. But uh, uh, strainers, you got strainers or anything? Uh, metal spoons coming down the line anytime? We are in the R&D phase of all of that right now with our metal shop here in Portland, Oregon, uh, taking everything that we love about classics and new tools and just kind of making what we're calling Franken tools right now and just seeing what works for us, what doesn't work and giving them trial runs behind uh, the bars we're at that night and which is going to lead to hopefully having that line out. I would say within the next six months, we should have a full line of metal tools available to the public. Oh, man, that's fantastic. Uh, jumping kind of horizontally, so how do you know where do people find Bull in China? I mean, I, uh, is there a brick and mortar where people can just roll in on the weekends and gear up, or is this something that's it's more of an online presence? How do we get this stuff, LP? Well, we have a, our flagship brick and mortar inside workshop vintage here in Portland on Williams and Shaver. Um, that was our original location. We've since expanded. Now we're also in um, the House Spirits Distillery, carries our product line, as well as the House Spirits kiosk and PDX at the airport. Um, alongside that, if you go to New York, uh, Amoria Margo carries our entire line. You go to Los Angeles, Barkeeper Silver Lake carries our entire line. 
You could also go online to www.bullinchinapdx.com and purchase everything in our online mall. And uh, we also do service industry uh, service industry discounts if you're looking for stuff to put on your bar top to really anything for the professional bartender. We'll cut you a deal. Dude, man, I mean, when I'm hearing what you're saying, what you're putting down, the places you're naming, I mean, barkeeper, dude, I've been out there in Silver Lake. If you haven't been to Silver Lake in Los Angeles, it's just like a microcosm of the east side of Portland, man. You've got your Intelligentsia coffee. Three doors down, you got old boy with like a billion bitters and like all the gear, but that's such a sweet place to be. Uh, in the LA scene, and then a more uh, a Imargo, fantastic uh, bar in New York. If you're able to get out there, that focuses on uh, bitter liqueurs and and of course Amaros or Amari, as we would say. But uh, well done, man. Is there one particular tool that you're most or gear piece that you're just that you just wake up and you say, I'm so glad we do that. It's got to be the mixing glass. Um, looking at the reincarnations right now, it's, you know, looking at the different models. We're on like model 8.9 right now because looking at the first one that was ever made for us to now, and we just celebrated our one year anniversary last month. So in that one year, the advancements that have been made from the original glass to the glass now, dialing in the pour spout, the thickness of the glass, the quality of the glass, the temperature of it's everything that we have done up until now just makes me super excited every day when I wake up to just keep charging and see, you know, where it's going to be next year. Dude, that's great, man. So you threw me a curveball earlier today. You mentioned that you're, you're kind of tiptoeing into the coffee game a little bit. And, uh, you know, tell me about this thing that you're doing uh, with Water Avenue Coffee. Well, I guess this will be the official unveil right now. What we're doing with um, our good friends at Water Avenue Coffee is trying to basically, you know, baristas and, and bartenders go hand in hand. Baristas turn into bartenders, bartenders turn into baristas. They're kind of, they're, you know, the craft, a lot of the technique and everything, the attention to detail. It's just all there. So we just realized uh, with our good friend Matt Maletto that we should start getting into that game for a quality product. Um, Taking the nuances of a stirred cocktail, utilizing, say, cold brew coffee as your base spirit, quote unquote, and doing a a stirred, strong coffee drink with the nuances of a cocktail, your aromatics, your, your your, your citrus oils to balance it off when you're finished. A coffee drink served up that you could get at 10 o'clock in the morning that'll give you a caffeine buzz instead of an alcohol buzz. Who's to say that can't be done? And we're doing it right now. Dude, I mean, this sounds like an absolute freaking revelation. And it doesn't surprise me that you're doing this with Matt Maletto because this guy is like old. He's a young guy, but man, he's like an old man. He's like a great grandfather in the coffee game, that guy. And uh, if you haven't been down, I mean, we are a city that's just uh, an embarrassment of riches, of course, when it comes to to, to coffee. And uh, one of the many uh, world-class operations, of course, is Water Avenue. If you haven't been down to Water Avenue, go check Matt out uh, down on uh, what's that? Well, it's Water Avenue. What's that cross street? Is that Taylor? I, it's around the corner from Bump Bar. Do you, do you recall right. what? Uh, I, do, I do not recall that corner. <laughs> Dude, that's the beautiful thing. Every one of you out there listening has a mini computer in your in your in your, in your hands right now. Probably you can figure out where Water Avenue P- Coffee is. And uh, all right, so you don't want to shift gears a little bit. You know, one of the cool things about your story is that you started uh, in the kitchen. So uh, back us up, man. Tell us about your first foray into the culinary profession. My 11th birthday present was my first paycheck as a line cook. Uh, Restaurant in New Jersey. My mom was a career waitress to, I'm sorry, career server to put herself through art school. And 
I was always in the kitchen. Uh, all of the cooks were like my uncles. They would put me in a chair in the corner, give me little tasks to do, and they, you know, I fell in love with it. It's the life I've always lived. And my 11th birthday, they gave me a first paycheck. I worked three days a week all the way through high school at that restaurant. And I just never looked back. I knew it was the industry for me from day one. That's cool, man. And where, where, what, where, did, where was this? It was a restaurant called The Mason Jar in Mawa, New Jersey. And uh, since then, I just kept cooking, uh, apprenticing under different chefs, moving up in the industry and just learning everything I could. Got into Portland, landed my first job on the line at Clyde Common. After that, I was uh, executive chef at Secret Society. Then I went back on the line under Benny Bettinger at Beaker. Sorry, I didn't mean yeah. to jump in on you real quick. Once again, man, talking to Luke, things the, the, the time speeds up. So we're moving <laughs> into the end of our third segment. We got one more coming at you. As always, you are listening to The Liquid Lifestyle on the Radio Northwest Network. Style here on the Radio Northwest Network, having a sweet conversation with uh, LP Luke Plant, one of the city's top bartenders and the proprietor of Bull in China. Uh, and if you've been listening, you've heard all about uh, one of the world's most exciting new uh, bar gear opportunities. Again, uh, Bull in China is creating uh, mixing glasses and bitters dashers, bitters bottles, uh, eventually moving into metalware and working, even working with Matt Mileto over at Water Avenue Coffee to develop some gear for the coffee space. And uh, at the end of the last uh, segment, we were walking through your journey starting uh, at age 11. Luke uh, got his first paycheck as a line cook and then uh, moved fast forward to your time in Portland. And you mentioned that you uh, were working over at Clyde Common, which nobody's heard of, of course. <laughs> Actually, of course, that I, I, I jest because it's it's you know become one of the most iconic bar restaurants in the country. What was uh, what was it like working over uh, at Clyde Common in the kitchen there? In my mind, it was heaven. It was brutal nights, long shifts, and very very fulfilling. Uh, you got to see the fruits of your labor all the time. Um, I was and still am insanely proud of the work that was done. The food that came out from my hands and the team that was from around me. I worked under some of the best chefs I've met and worked under in my life over there. Um, everybody from ownership all the way to dishwasher, it was, it was just an incredible experience. Wow, that's great, man. So you worked uh, with us over here at Oven and Shaker. You did a great job. Was this was that your first? Ex- I, I think before you were here at Oven, were you working at all in the bar space? Where, where did you make the transition from? from chef to bartender? I was line cooking at Beaker and Flask under Benny Bettinger, and on my nights off from the kitchen, I would, um, Brandon Wise, the bar manager at the time, was um, gracious enough to let me get under his wing, so to speak, on my nights off and pick his brain and just basically, you know, staged under him and just learned what I could, and I randomly got an interview at Central, and I went down sat down for my interview went back to beaker and flask and looked at uh looked at benny and i was like they want me to start tonight and never looked back oh man 
Well, that's exciting. So, uh, and then you started, uh, you know, so Green Room, was there any other places that, uh, did you work at Expatriate for a little bit? I did. I worked at Expatriate for a while. That's where Daniel and I basically, um, you know, we kind of brainchilded Bull in China from there. Um, and then just kind of went to pursue other avenues after there and, you know, learn under some other great bartenders and work next to some people that I really, truly love. And here I am now. Well, I know that you've got a true talent for this. I remember that uh, you won that cocktail competition over at uh, <laughs> Riffle uh, when, it, uh, when it was back over where Mediterranean Exploration Company yep. is now, man. And uh, we've still got a few uh, few good licks in the, in the database. <laughs> I remember that drink, the Pony Boy, man, that you created with the Goslings, kind of a Goslings highball with the St. Germain. And you don't even probably remember it, but I was like, damn, that's such a good drink. It goes in the book for sure, man. Uh, but uh, so much talent, man. And uh, so you. You, get, uh, you get out and about as much as anybody in the industry what 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 where are you digging on right now let's start with restaurants man what restaurants you digging on Um, you blanking on me lp i'm i'm blanking i've been so busy my restaurants has been uh my my restaurant of choice is a pizza box that's been sitting on my stove till two in the morning Uh, (laughs) man no i get it dude i totally get it Uh, how about bars and uh, coffee shops man what you digging on with regards to that you know coffee shops of course going back to water avenue everywhere else kova all there's just such a such a great coffee thing happening in this city that it's really just hard to get a bad cup of coffee and there's so many amazing cups of coffee that it's it's just great you're surrounded by just so much talent in this city um, restaurants, I'm going to say Ava Jean's. You got, was it Lemoul opening up right now? I mean, they're killing it over there. Their dishes are beautiful. Cocktail menu is insane. The space is gorgeous. Um, yeah, there's just so many things happening right now. It's really hard to pinpoint a favorite at this moment. Yeah, and folks, uh, just a little backstory in those two places. If you haven't been out, he's talking about a couple places that are out uh, in the southeast near Division Street. Uh, Ava Jean's actually on Division. Our buddy, Chef Josh McFadden, is uh, the chef over there, and he is a true talent. And if you want some good, rustic, kick-ass uh, Italian grub in a spectacular space, you definitely want to head down to Ava Jean's and give them uh, – give them a, uh, a try and uh, Evan, Zimmerman, uh, Evan Zimmerman who was mentioned in our uh, episode last week by Tony Canigliaro he did the bar program at, uh, over there and he does really smart uh, complex intelligent and yet I think just easy to put together drinks and uh, and then Lemoule uh, if you haven't been over there just opened uh, it is a, um, a small little kind of mussels and Belgian beer bar with great cocktails opened by uh, Aaron Barnett and uh, with his partner Tommy Cluse. Uh, who's uh, who have tried to get on the radio show? Maybe one day I'll get him on. Uh, who uh, who's done an epic job of uh, curating bar cultures here in town? So uh, we are coming up on the end of uh, our program, man. It's been a true pleasure chatting with you. I'm glad you made the time to come Thank out you. and do this. Uh, I'm super stoked with what you're doing. It's so cool to see so many par- uh, P-town bartenders just making the jump into the business world and and making our uh, making the entire culture uh, with regards to our industry a better place. So once again, a thank you to LP Luke Plant for sitting in with us today and uh, you have been listening to the liquid lifestyle uh, this is uh, Ryan McGarry and your on-air bartender signing out reminding you to always drink your best